Hello everybody, my name is Enrico Vannucci. I am a short film advisor and programmer. This is Short Talk, a podcast by Talking Shorts. In each episode I will meet with a professional from the short film circuit. We will talk about their work, careers and festivals. It's time to discover our guests for today's episode, just after the intro. Hello, Walter. Welcome to the show. Hello. Um, it's nice to have you here. Um, I would like to uh, you to start with uh, saying your full name, your role, and the organization you work with or for. Okay. Yeah. So my name is Walter Janssen. Uh, I'm a sales agent slash festival distributor, and uh, my company is called Square Eyes, and you might know it as uh, Some Shorts, which was the name uh, the past years. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I think you're one of the most famous, I would say, people in the show film industry, actually, and, and successful as well. That's true. This is a good intro. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, uh, no, I mean, I mean, actually, I really think that, yeah, you're kind of uh, known in, in the industry. Um, and, well, for that reason, I, anyway, I would like you to start by uh, saying who you are for the people that still don't know you. So what what's your background? Okay, um, so like if we really go completely back, I started working in short film in uh, 2008 um, when I started as an intern during the first edition of the Go Short International Short Film Festival in Nijmegen, the Netherlands, um, where I started helping out on the program department and guest department. Uh, before that, I've always did like volunteer stuff uh, for music festivals, music programming, and I had a big interest for film, but this was kind of the first time that I really stepped into the film world. And um, through, yeah, so I, I did one year, uh, that first edition as an internship, and then I got asked to help out in the programming department, which did, I... Do you remember what, what year was it? Uh, it was uh, the it, the first edition was in 2009, so I started in December 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so then I helped out uh, in the program department uh, from June 2009 onwards uh, till the 10th edition, um, and I moved from just coordinating uh, like the whole selection process and everything to becoming a part of the selection team, uh, also doing more out of competition programming. Um, I started the whole uh, distribution part of Go Short. Um, so yeah, so I was involved uh, in all that and throughout the first couple of years, um, looking at Dutch films, I started noticing that a lot of them didn't really travel. So this is around 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2011, I was talking to a friend of mine that I was considering doing something with this, maybe helping filmmakers out with getting their films to festivals. And he had just been assistant producer on a, a graduation film. So he introduced me to the director. And um, then I started working in 2011 with the first uh, short film where I helped with the festival distribution. So this was still um, pre-online screeners. So it was really sitting at my kitchen table together with the director, burning DVDs, filling out forms by hand, uh, writing envelopes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that went okay. Like if I look back now, it, it was like we did like 20 festivals or something, but I won a couple of prizes. And um, 
then I was busy graduating and still working at Go Short. And then uh, with a break of a year in between, uh, the director mentioned my name to a couple of other directors who then approached me and um, to help them again out with their uh, films. So that was in uh, late 2012. Uh, and then I decided to really start a company around this. So that's when some shorts started. Um, and uh, directors were like Mace Pijnenberg, who had a feature in uh, uh, Berlinale Generation this year. Um, Anna, uh, who had a feature winning in Rotterdam and a lot of festivals. And Guido Hendricks. Um, so those were kind of my first uh, directors that I worked with. And that's catapulted my name within uh, uh, the Netherlands, at least, uh, that people found out about me and that I could kind of grow my catalog, which was then still student films and uh, professional films, but only Dutch films. Mm -hmm. And then uh, slowly I started making my first steps in international films. So um, one of the international films kind of came through you, Enrico, because it was uh, with a producer that I met at Ozu Film Festival okay. uh, uh, with Giovanni Pompli. And um, so that was uh, Michele Vanucci's uh, last short film. Uh, that was the first international film I did. And then in 2000. 16, I want to say, is kind of when I really started doing more international films, uh, when I worked with A Gentle Night by Chu Young, which won the Palme d'Or uh, that year in Cannes. Um, and ever since, like, my name became also more known because it was on more films. And then um, what I really do is help these films get into, uh, submit the film to festivals, think of a strategy where to go. Um, yeah, that whole uh, uh, thing and I work with like 15 shorts per year um, and then since three years now I also work with feature films that's why I also changed my name now from some shots to square eyes um, where I also do uh, festivals but there I also help out with uh, sales well it's it's a lot of stuff in 12 years something like that right yeah yeah it goes quick <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean like um I, I do remember when you came like in italy yeah for the small festival i was directing at the time yeah mm -hmm. and yeah i do remember that yeah giovanni was there was in the jury i guess um yeah we did a panel uh yeah. about festivals then yeah yeah i do remember that actually i think it was 2014 if i'm not wrong i, I guess yeah so. that could be true yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, it's, it's, it's a lot of time already. <laughs> yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I mean, uh, I think it's kind of uh, interesting, your career, because, I mean, like, you move from festival to um, uh, distribution. And um, I, I think, I, I, at least as you uh, tell it, it was kind of a smooth transition. Was it like yeah. that, for sure, or was like more problematic? Yeah, it was, it was smooth, but the only thing is that it's a lot of work. Uh, so I did work all the time. Um, and, um, but also it was the only way it was possible because I wasn't making much money the first four years, um, with the distribution, um, because I also don't never wanted to charge too much, uh, because in Holland short filmmakers just don't have that big budgets. Um, so the first years because i was earning my money with the festival i was able to do some shorts and i think that also made it possible for me to kind of smoothly transition into doing uh square eyes full-time 
um, because I had the time to build it uh, and not be dependent on it. It wasn't like the first year I immediately have to be able to live from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, I think why my uh, why Square Eyes works is because I have this kind of programmer mentality. So like the catalog that I have is like a miniature festival, if you want. Like it, it is, mm-hmm. uh, I've always aimed for to have films that I would program myself um, so that it's, um, that the quality is high. And if it's a film that I think would be more difficult to program, then it's still a film that I think fits with my uh, taste. Um, and also because people already knew my taste as a programmer, um, they also knew what my catalog would look like. Um, so I think this kind of also uh, helped out uh, to really build the brand, if you want to say it like that. Yeah. So how, how, how do you pick the films? Um, if I like them. So it's it's um, like I, I scout actively, but because I work with so few films, I really want to have films that are new. So uh, when it comes to scouting, it's really that I look at like the lineups where there's world premieres. So I look at Berlinale, I look at Clermont, um, I look at Cannes, Venice, Locarno, uh, at the moment, I'm watching everything from uh, Vision de Riel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, I'm looking at those selections, Rotterdam, um, for my films. But besides that, I also, um, because people know me uh, or know at least of my company or the films that I work with, I have a lot of people approaching me. So at the moment, I have eight films that haven't premiered yet, where I'm just starting on. Uh, which is all true filmmakers that I all met with their previous films uh, and just kept in touch with or people that knew about me because they saw a different film that I worked with. Um, And then I have um, two people. So Maria Milovanovic uh, from Vienna Shorts and uh, Mathieu Janssen from Go Short, who are kind of my second viewers. So whenever I see a film that I like, uh, they watch it as well and give me feedback or when I have a film that I that I think could be strong, but that I have some doubts about it. I always discuss with them if they also see those same problems uh, or that they think it's actually not a problem and that it could work well. Yeah. So how many films do you refuse? I get like uh, one or two films per day. Okay. Well, that's a lot. Uh, Yeah. But it's like, I now have a film um, which is, which I'm really blown away by, which I really think will be my strongest film probably this year. And that I just got sent to me. Like I, I didn't know the director. He had a successful short before, um, but that's really just somebody that emailed me. And I think it happened once before that somebody just emailed me and that I ended up working with them. So the biggest bulk of the films that I work with is actually from uh, scouting or people that I know uh, and that I've been talking to, like that I meet uh like for instance Juanita uh Juanita mm-hmm. Onzaga uh I met her in a Brussels short film festival when she had uh The Jungle Knows You Better Than You Do there mm-hmm. uh uh Becca uh Ben van der Dalen introduced me to her um and I was just talking with her and then later we got in touch because I knew she had a new sh- uh, film coming up and in that case, I was also involved, like giving advice with the editing already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's like my ideal situation that I'm involved in quite an early stage yeah. Uh, already. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so 
how how I mean how much of your catalog is um I mean you scout like before a festival release and how much instead it's uh from films that you've seen at a festival uh more or less uh I think last year from it's maybe two that I got from from the festival Blessed Land, the Vietnamese film that premiered in Berlinale. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I had two films uh, that I approached uh, that in the end it didn't work out with, um, that I wanted to have one from Sundance and one from Toronto, both animations. Mm -hmm. um, but besides that, it was all like the films that I had in Locarno was through people that I knew or a director whose previous film I refused. Uh, and then he followed up uh, because we had been in touch with his new film. So it's almost everything is actually through people that I uh, that have been in touch with. So this is also where what for me the biggest benefit is of traveling to festivals is actually meeting directors. Like if I've seen a like I really have films that I'm really bummed out about that I'm not working with them. Uh, so those are always the directors that I really like to meet uh, where I just really like the films and then. It's always nice when, in the end, I then work with their next uh, project. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I mean, like, if you, if you, if I look at your catalog, uh, I mean, uh, it's pretty um, clear to me, to me at least, that you uh, have a special uh, relationship with the directors you you work with, because you you keep uh, distributing them uh, often. I mean, like their their films usually. I mean, like you have like several films from from the same director. Yeah, but that's not, that's not a given because uh, in the end, it's um, still that I really have to think that I can work with the film uh, or that, I, that I'm really 100% convinced. So I have a lot of directors that I said no to the next film. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also because I also acknowledge that I am my own competition. So if I have a film that I don't 100% believe in, I think it will do better if the director works with it themselves because mm -hmm. I don't think a festival would select more than, let's say, five films for me, for instance. So if I have a really strong catalog and then one film that in my mind isn't as strong, then I have the feeling that maybe programmers also see it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll say, even though they like the film, they decide I only take three films from out. Yeah, no, uh, exactly. I think that's Probably one of the main issues about shopping festivals is with you, your company is like, oh <laughs> shit, he has too many good movies, and then we can't select all his catalog. Um, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, but anyway, this is kind of—it's nice in a way to have like such a good uh, lineup. But on mm -hmm. the other end, I was thinking it can be challenging for you to choose. Okay, these are the three films that maybe might work for these festivals, or. These other, film, other films that maybe it's better for the other ones. I mean, like you do these kind of thoughts or you just submit like the lineup and... Yeah, I mean, if it's... Um, if the films that I like play quite a typical type of festivals, which are more like art house, I think, and then you have a bit more commercial narrative mm -hmm. festivals within short film. And I, in the end, I just don't work with too many of those films. Mm -hmm. Um... And I have some films that kind of nicely play in the middle, like All Inclusive from Corina. Um, that was a film that kind of played everywhere. Uh, but a lot of, 
I also have films that are really outspoken, like for instance, um, this Estonian film that I had a couple of years ago, Lemri Udu from Eva Maggi, uh, which premiered in Dr. Leipzig. There I knew from the beginning on, we won't play more than like 20 festivals, but it's good festivals. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of festivals, this film won't work, I think. And that uh, the same now with All the Fires, the Fire, that I feel like, okay, uh, a Greek narrative film that premiered in Locarno, where I already could see beforehand this won't be an easy film, but it's a, a film that I really like and really think that fits with my taste. And then I have films like All Cats Are Grey in the Dark from Lasse, Linda, uh, uh, which premiered in Locarno, One Tronto documentary, where I know like, oh, this will be really successful and will play quite a wide selection of festivals. Um, but in the end, if I say yes to a film, I have to need, I need to have the idea that it will play in a lot of festivals or at least more than 20. And otherwise I, I try not to do it. Um, I'm kind of losing the track of where I was going with this, but, um, uh, yeah. So, so when I uh, see a film, I, I do try to think of the strategy, but in the end, I feel that every film I work with has the potential to play in an A-list festival to start off with and will be interesting for a lot of, uh, programmers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, I, I think that also one, one good thing about working with, with you or like people like distributors like mm -hmm. you like that. I mean, there are many distributors today. So I would say that more and more, um, it, it's also the fact that they, or know the, the 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 business in a way, and they know the circuit better to say, I guess, and and moreover, they know a little bit more about the programmers. Um, I mean, apart from personally, which is mm -hmm. nice because they are nice people, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but that taste, what they like, and and the fact that more or less you can say, okay, uh, this festival has these kind of theme or this kind of taste yeah, and yeah. you can kind of baptize let's say yeah. what a film might yeah be. but it's yeah but it, it's still difficult i think like um you never know like nowadays it's becoming more and more difficult with entry fees that i also want to stay within a budget for filmmakers so that i with like I had a discussion with a couple of uh festival programmers in Clermont this year mm -hmm. where I was saying I stopped submitting certain films to uh, you because I know what you like. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is not the type of films that you would program. So it, it was a bit more narrative uh, film festivals. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were immediately kind of like, oh, but now I'm curious to see the films that you say that won't work for us. Um, and I mean, it happened before that then they end up always programming those films that you don't send to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think from the work of a festival distributor is making those choices in like, okay, does it actually make sense? Like, um, the Vietnamese film that I worked with, apparently for the funding scheme that they have, Interfilm is quite a high ranked festival for them, mm -hmm. but Interfilm is also a really specific festival. Uh, like they, the, the films that they program are a bit more commercial narrative, really audience friendly narrative films. And although the Vietnamese film Blessed Land is a, a narrative, it's black and white, it's a bit more um, kind of minimal and stuff. So I, I never saw it playing there, but he was like, yeah, I really want you to submit it there because 
that would be really good for us to get in there. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, but it, it doesn't make sense for this film. So I almost felt reluctant to send it there because I think it wouldn't make sense for the film. And especially when a festival then asks like a lot of money uh, for an entry fee, um, then I would completely be like, yeah, like with a Bellinale, you kind of know which films work there and which don't. Although they still surprise me uh, constantly. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a good thing, I, I guess, no? You know, like being surprised. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it also makes it more difficult maybe mm-hmm. uh, because then like it's always these like you try to make a statement and then they select a different film that kind of prove your whole uh, argument is, uh, <laughs> is suddenly not uh, realistic anymore but um, yeah but so yeah I think that's the biggest part of kind of knowing the taste but in the end most festivals are like a committee of a lot of people so mm-hmm. it's also difficult to say no but I mean like um, and now it's, it's like the programmer slash advisor that talks here and uh, it, I really appreciate the fact especially working for a festival like Venice to be able to talk to you or other distributors about films that you suggest mm-hmm. in terms of well we are kind of uh, pretty sure that these are the films that might work better uh, for your type of festival than yeah. other ones of course I mean like it's like well submit everything and we'll have a look but I would say that 95 to 99%, you're right. Like, yeah. um, then you see a, a film that it was like, yeah, probably I might like it as a person, mm-hmm. as a personal taste, but yeah, it doesn't work for, for, for the festival, especially in a position like mine in Venice, where I have to suggest other people films and have to take in consideration their taste. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I love this film, but I will never see it happening in Venice. Even yeah. though sometimes, as you said, surprises happen. And, yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. screen films that I, I wouldn't have thought they could be in Venice. Yeah. But, um, but, but I, I think this, credi- this kind of credibility to programmers is quite important that people trust you. Uh, so not only filmmakers trust you, but also festivals that if i say like okay uh, if they see the films that you submitted that they see that there's a quality and that they don't kind of look up against or uh, i have to watch all wouters films again and i know that it's uh like all these films that don't make any sense for us and also like with a con for instance i'm in touch with some programmers and then i'm like okay i'm sending these six films but i would say keep a lookout for these two, which I think make really sense for your section. Um, and I think that's also like, it, it feels a bit weird because I don't know how it comes across towards the filmmakers that you're working with, that you're kind of privileging films in a way, but it's actually more like you understand that these are the more obvious choices for the festival and that the other ones can be more of a surprise and having your stamp on it still puts them on their radar. Uh, how, how do you I mean like uh, this is interesting actually um, how do you uh, react to this kind of um, thing with with the, the filmmakers I mean um, I mean uh, to me as a programmer as well or like somebody in the industry uh, that does a lot of things actually um, <laughs> it's kind of clear that yeah some films are more fit in a way to be at certain festivals than others mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of reasons. Then, again, surprises may happen, but usually are not, you know, frequent in that sense. They are surprises, yeah. of course. 
Um, but how do you um, relate with um, uh, with um, these makers? Meaning, if you say, okay, I think that this film probably is not fit for this, this, and that, but the director says, no, 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 we need to try it. So submit it. What you do? I mean, like you you agree with a uh, with the director, or you just have a discussion and you try to make him or her change his or her mind. What happens? Yeah, yeah, that last one. Like um, how I work is that when I take on a festival, I have a discussion with them about uh, what we're going to do with the premiere mm -hmm. uh, in case the world premiere is still available. Like, okay, which festivals are we aiming for? How long do we want to wait? Are we doing like Cannes up until Berlinale? Or are we just doing only, for instance, Cannes and then send it out? Stuff like that. And then I do a... Um, a strategy and I, uh, which is literally a list of festivals. So if I say most films that I work with is around 150 festivals, um, and then I give them that list and they can just say what they want. So sometimes they say, oh, this festival is not on there. Um, like now I had a film that we are hoping to premiere in um, uh, Cannes. And I didn't have Oberhaus in the list and they wanted Oberhaus in the list. But in my head, it was like, if the film premieres in Cannes, I'm sure that we will have premiered in Germany before Oberhaus takes place. Mm -hmm. So I can put them on the list, but there's a big chance that I won't send it to them because it's not eligible anymore. So I don't put it on the list so that they don't have to pay me for it. And in the end, if we still have the premiere, I would send it anyway. So I'm always, um, uh, but on that strategy that I do, they can just give their comments. And if they say, I would like you to send it there, I just add it. Um, but I do try to say like, oh, if I think it makes sense or not. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. And, 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 <laughs> okay. But it's also filmmakers don't know a lot uh, often, yeah. like in the end, uh, I still have people that are like, oh yeah, but you also add Venice to it, right? And then it's like, yeah, but you already premiered your film. Like I can send it to Venice, but they need a world premiere. So often the um, the arguments you have is more that they know about festivals. Like I had one director who was constantly recommending me, could you send it to this festival, this festival, this festival? And I knew that it was only because he had a other filmmaker he was friends with who was playing at those festivals. So he was constantly kind of just getting recommendations from him and adding them to me. So it's um, often filmmakers are less informed about uh, the rules of the festival and if it makes sense to send it there and what the criteria is. And it's more on like, I saw this film that I liked play there. And that's why I want you to send it there because I think mm -hmm. I would also play there. Yeah. And, and is, is it different? I mean, like, uh, well, no, two questions. First, do they listen? first like to you or not or you like usually like uh yeah i mean uh i think this trust thing is quite important so it's, it's usually i have a good relationship and that's also because i know most people beforehand and i also have a track record that shows that i kind of know what i'm doing mm -hmm. uh they usually listen uh um, but it's also like it's always the discussion like i try to do a really focused strategy. So when I say 150 festivals, I really think that in that 150 festivals, I have everything covered. Mm -hmm. But some filmmakers, I do a strategy of 250 festivals. But what would you mean I, by everything covered? In what sense? All good festivals. Okay. 
in my opinion, like whether I know that the programming is really strong, where I know that there's industry people, um, maybe the programming and industry is not strong, but they have big uh, cash awards, mm-hmm. um, or where I know, um, like it, it's kind of all those factors combined, or festivals that I know that invite the director to come, and it's in a faraway country, so it's just interesting uh, to play there. So it's always these kind of things that I keep in mind. So everything that's not on there is, in my opinion, um, a festival that I wouldn't pay the entry fee for, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, so um, I can always do like more, but then in my opinion, it's kind of like, what are you getting back for that money that it's costing you? Like you pay money to submit it to those festivals, but what is the advantage you get from that? So like now in these times that everything is online, I've also been thinking about like, what is a film festival actually? Because everybody's complaining like yeah it's such a shame that everything is online Mm -hmm. but a lot of directors never travel so if the film festival is all online or it's in a place and you wouldn't be there anyway it's kind of still the same thing it's still this collection of films that are being screened so if there's then still a competition for me that's the main advantage you have the chance to win money at this festival uh, and you still get the stamp of being in that festival yeah it's true i mean like but Another, you you raise another interesting thing. I mean about about traveling in that. Yeah. And and about I mean like you said that directors don't travel much. Or it de- it depends. Yeah, it depends. I mean like some 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 of them travel a lot and some don't. But on the other end. Yeah, but when we say some directors travel a lot, that's a super Eurocentric opinion because. Yeah, it's true. Like how many directors not from Europe do you know that travel a lot? Like Jennifer Reeder was one that was everywhere. I had the feeling. But besides that, it's always the people that I know are people from Europe. Because if I look at like uh, the uh, Carlo, who's from the Philippines, who I worked with, uh, Lan from Vietnam, Mm -hmm. uh, Charles from Australia, they are at no festivals because it just costs them a lot of money and it doesn't make sense. So it's really... um, if you start looking more international, actually, most fest- filmmakers don't travel. Yeah, that's, this is true. I mean, like, in a way, it's like the same with, with uh, I mean, inside the festival circuit, like where yeah. you have a lot of European uh, programmers going around and traveling because we are kind of lucky in Europe to have so many countries in such a tiny space compared to other uh, yeah. countries where they have, like, yeah. uh, just two countries in, in a bigger space yeah. um but um but 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 no i mean like my my question was more about uh how important is for you um uh and especially for directors i mean traveling in that sense because as you said you travel also to meet people mm-hmm. but if you uh, uh and, and i guess everybody does it in the industry like even the programmers like when they go to festivals or we go to festivals is more for not the screenings themselves, but more for uh, watching, not like meeting with other people uh, and, and new people. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, watching the films, but then you can do also at home uh, while yeah. when you are face-to-face. Uh, that, that's something that it's missing right now in this uh, moment of uh, yeah. virus and so lockdown basically everywhere, where yeah. you, you miss a lot of, of, of part of the industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's also the, like, for me, for me, 
I don't go to festivals to watch films. I, like I've noticed that the last festivals, I'm always kind of have this feeling of I should be talking to people. I shouldn't be in a screening room because then I'm two hours away and I'm always trying to just uh, meet people or filmmakers that I don't see a lot uh, to hang out with them um, because everything is kind of built on relationships, I think. Um, but for me, it's also like the filmmakers that I had this year and that just premiered their films and are now not able to travel with it. I think like the films are still playing in festivals. They still have chances of awards, but this is also the moment that they can really um, kind of show who they are as a filmmaker, that they can meet the industry. Like if I look at Ismael, uh, who did Swadet last year, he mm -hmm. was at so many festivals or Juanita from A Song to War that, um, a lot of people in the industry know them, are looking out for their next film, but they also have a personal relationship with programmers. And that's the biggest advantage of actually going to these festivals that people start to know you. And if you have a next short coming up, that's super, uh, that makes a lot of sense uh, to have that. And that's really something that people are missing out on now uh, that they, it's in the end, it's so different if you know a director and see that film compared to just seeing a film, like a film can really become something else when you know the director. Um, I mean, people hate Q and A's, but whenever I see a good Q and A, this can change a film completely and my respect for a director and everything. Um, so that's really something I think I miss now that, that you have this advantage of also adding that layer uh, to your film. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's true. I mean, like, and then what what are the festivals you would recommend for a director? I mean, like, um, whoever director, not not the ones that you only the ones that you um, work with, to to go to say, okay, that's good, be a good place for meeting a lot of people and uh, have like starting to have like a kind of. Uh, a new relationship in order to yeah. get more into the industry because i mean like I, I think that sometimes at least in my experience uh, during the years is that uh, especially young filmmakers and or, or, or young student filmmakers are kind of afraid about uh, uh, the people in the industry um, in a good term and <laughs> not afraid in that no, bad term but the fact that we are a close environment yeah. uh, even though uh probably we are in a way but we are not compared to other environments in the business uh yeah. like the feature film world which is totally different thing yeah. and you might also tell something about that since you work uh, you started working with, with mm -hmm. features um but i have a feeling that the short film industry is kind of friendly and it's kind of easy to 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 meet and and uh, get in contact with with people and you wouldn't receive much Oh no, I don't want to talk with you for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, yeah. But what, what, in, according to your experience, what what were what are good yeah the ups or like the the the, the, the festivals or the, the markets or probably yeah. whatever that makes you you might yeah advise uh, somebody to go just to know somebody and pre present their works. Yeah. Um, I mean, coming back on this point, what you mentioned about being closed, I think it's more because the programmers all know each other. So in some festivals, we kind of just huddle together and hang out with each other. So then I would feel that it is closed because this this group of people who knows each other and you kind of have to introduce yourself into that. Um, but it's true that like, 
every time I see a director do a Q&A, I see programmers go up to them if they like the film. So it's super easy to meet people. I think people are quite eager. Um, and if I think like for short films, definitely short film festivals are the best place to go. Um, if I look at a Venice or a Cannes or Berlinale, it's a super good place to premiere your film. It's a super nice place, but it's a bit diff more difficult because it's so big. Um, and in the end, there's also not that many short film programmers there. So it's quite difficult to find out who are you're supposed to meet. Mm -hmm. um, like a Clermont-Ferrand is definitely the place where a lot of people are, but it's also difficult to meet them in a, um, in not the market uh, because it's also so spread out. So as a filmmaker, it's not like some other festivals where you go to the bar and everybody's there. Um, <laughs> So in, in Clermont-Ferrand, it's more like if you have a project and you do go to the market, you can meet every festival you want. Uh, and they also organize a lot of one-to-one -one meetings uh, that are good. It's uh, similar to also Cannes short film uh, market, um, where it's also a bit more formal, but it's still easy to meet the people. Um, and if we then look at like, yeah, it's if I compare it to five years ago, it's just so many, so many more people are traveling. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the festivals that I really like, almost all of them have like 10 or more programmers there. I feel like, like so when you travel a lot, you just see the same faces everywhere. So like Go Short, uh, Vienna Shorts, uh, Dresden, Short Waves, um, like all these festivals, Hamburg have quite a big number of programmers there. Then I think, um, so if you want to spread it, I would say, uh, beginning of the year, it's more like Go Short, then you get uh, Go Short in Dresden, then Vienna Shorts in Hamburg, uh, then probably Winterthur is kind of late, uh, end of the year, um, the best festival uh, to go to, uh, where I know that there's a lot of people there. So that's like 20 to 30 programmers there last year. Um, but in the, in the end, I think it's always the easiest when you have a film playing there, mm -hmm. then everybody knows who you are it's like easier to start conversations like i had a lot of talks with directors who went to festivals without a film and then went to festivals with their film and how this was like a world of difference because suddenly you can say oh i did that film and everybody knows what you're talking about mm -hmm. um so and it's also i also know it myself like when i meet somebody and i know their film i'm having a different conversation with them than when i don't know and you don't know yet if is this a good director or is it somebody who's still quite early on in the career and um but yeah so so i think like actually mo if you look at the efa uh, the european film award nominating list i yeah. almost every festival on there is a good festival to go to where you could meet a lot of uh, people yeah i also think that um because i'm thinking about what we did in summer 2019 so last year Mm -hmm. uh, when I came to the Netherlands for this uh, new event that Go Short organized in Arnhem. Yeah. Um, and it was the, the two of us uh, uh, having a talk with uh, local directors. Yeah. And that was really interesting, actually. Um, um, and, and I think that sometimes also smaller festivals I mean, it's not the case of Go Short, of course, but this was something different from Go Short. A spin-off, yeah. Yeah, a spin-off. Um, and it worked very well. So in that sense, also, I guess that having 
the possibility also just to bring a few programmers, somebody from abroad to a smaller festival in uh, in, in in a country, or or there are countries as you said, but they don't have uh, still EFA uh, festivals uh, mm-hmm. or EFA uh, uh, you know festivals that select uh, uh, the films for for European Film Awards. Um, it might be good also to just have a few programmers there to to help the local industry uh, to to travel. Because another yeah. thing for for directors probably is also how do I spend the money that I, I don't have to go to a festival? Yeah. Because um, also to promote a film in that sense. And on the other end, if these kind of events happen kind of close to where you live. It it can be a possibility, yeah. But 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 I totally agree with you with names of festivals that you yeah. You, you can... But it's it's also kind of a like almost always when I talk about strategy or these types of things, I always assume that you already have a good film. Mm-hmm. Like if if you have a film that's less strong, uh, mm-hmm. that wouldn't travel that much. A lot of this advice is like super difficult to follow because yeah. it's uh, like I'm always talking about festival strategy with the premieres and everything. But some films will never premiere at the A-list festival and you just know that uh, beforehand. Uh, and what are you then talking about? Like also about traveling to festivals. It's really these like festivals like Vienna, Hamburg or short. For me, that's kind of like the basis level, but actually that's already quite a high level. Yeah, sure. uh, so it, I always find it difficult. I did a event in Holland as well for local filmmakers that did uh, like a film project and it was films that um, were more on an amateur level. It was also uh, made within a uh, week and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they knew that the quality was not like a professional film. Um, and when you're talking then about strategy, it's like a completely different conversation because it, it's more like just send it out there and see what you get or do you have an aim? And, and then traveling to festivals is also something different. Some filmmakers don't even, it's more like we just did a film. It was nice. I don't need to travel or something. So it's all this kind of. How serious do you take it, and uh, what is your what do you want to get from it? Also, from traveling to festivals, is it just nice and you want to party, or or do you have a next short coming up, or do you have a next feature coming up? Like th- this all also adds up in your strategy. Like, am I sending it to short film festivals, or do you actually want to have it sent to more the feature festivals, so that they find out and that they know your name um, and things like that? Yeah. No, I mean uh, this is actually a good point. Um... Because I think that definitely there are so many films uh, mm-hmm. that are made every year, everywhere in the world. And we, in the end, watch just a tiny little bit of that. I mean, yeah. like, but on the other end, I mean, like, even though uh, that we watched just a small amount compared to how many are produced, also inside of these small amounts, you can say that only 5% probably, if are good enough to go, well, not not good enough, but they are, you know, they are that kind of film that certain types of festivals that everybody knows are looking for. Yeah. yeah. Meaning the A-list festivals, but also, as you said, um, the, the uh, most prestigious uh, short film festivals as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's more than 50 films a year. Yeah. 
like 40 or 50 films that that you see a lot in festivals it's not more than that I think. so so it's even less than five percent that i said probably <laughs> but um yeah but um but but yeah i mean like and how can um i mean i, I, I mean i don't know how to say but how can filmmakers can understand that in a way without feeling uh or you know depressed in a way um because i i personally think that every film has an audience and every film has something good inside or some you know yeah, it yeah, can have yeah. some some good features in that sense yeah. and it can have and can find a proper way of being distributed or, yeah. or even sold to to tvs or whatever i mean like there are some successful films that never had um a proper festival distribution but then they are very good products for i don't know uh tv televisions or yeah. schools or yeah. whatever yeah no i mean every film has a festival also it's it's um there's films that i uh saw that i didn't really it really wasn't my taste uh And then I see it still playing at a hundred festivals, but then festivals that I don't really know, uh, maybe. Um, but it's, um, I think it's more about your expectations. And that's always what I try to do in these, when I have a talk with a filmmaker, like they always ask for, can you say, can you name festivals? But I think it's more about that you understand what type of film you have and then understand what type of festivals fit with that film. So when i work with a film i think it's a really strong film that can go to a certain type of festivals um and then there's some films that are maybe made for fun and then it's more like okay but do you want to send it to festivals or what is your aim what do you want to get from it and yeah. where do you want to aim for um and some direct yeah so it's really kind of understanding like it's not so much if it's a good film or not but it's more like which festivals would program this type of film because there's festivals like Oberhaus is super important festival but a lot of people also say like I don't really like the films there so it's just like a different taste from programmers uh, I think and a different brand of what festivals program so it's more about that you understand which festivals actually more go for that type of film and which festival goes for more high-end artistic Uh, films yeah um and i would like to talk to you about your transition to uh feature films so yeah. how 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 did it work and and how did you came with the idea of doing it i mean like at a certain point you said okay i would like to to do it because it's a challenge for yourself or it was just no. like how, how yeah Yeah, it's, it's, it was more that um, directors that I worked with uh, went on to do features. So uh, at that point, it was Reba Doski who have, has done Meriam and uh, Sniper of Kobani, who started, who finished Radio Kobani, and uh, Guido Hendricks, uh, who did Stranger in Paradise. Um, so just because filmmakers that I had a relationship with started doing features, that's why I did the transition, because they asked me. And on top of that, that was also the period that I was considering of doing it full time. And I was always like, I think it's been a period of three years where I was hesitant of doing it full time mm -hmm. because I wasn't earning. Um, I didn't feel confident that I was earning enough to do it full time. Um, but because of the features, I mean, in the end, there's just more money in features, like even with features that that are, don't sell, but are just doing festivals festivals pay for the features so it, it's really um 
uh, that also made it interesting that it's just um, it yeah it it could make me uh, um, make it possible for me to do this full time. So that was the main uh, motivation that I suddenly had films and that it could enable me to do this full on. Um, and then in the end, it also makes sense in kind of my business model is that I work with a lot of short filmmakers and then I could possibly stay on board with some of them into that debut feature. Mm -hmm. Um, but also within the features, I still have this aim for, I don't really work with films that are necessarily easy to sell, but more easy to uh, more interesting for programmers because there's quite a big difference between what sales, uh, what buyers like and what programmers like. And for the features, it's the same. I, I really want to go for more artistic films that are more for festivals than that they will get worldwide distribution. Um, so in that way, now it all kind of fits nicely uh, in with each other. Um, but I mean, I do underestimate it because um it's such I started with feature documentary. Now I do narrative features. It's a completely different world. So you have shorts is different from features, uh, but then documentary and fiction is completely different. So it's um, it's not like you can just transfer your knowledge into the other thing. It's really a, a different ball game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like this is what. Um, uh, so it's basically, you you felt. Okay, I'm I'm back to zero, or no, not probably zero, because I mean, like, I guess some knowledge you can transfer in a way, mm-hmm. of like, but um, uh, was yeah, it, was it, it tough? It, it, like, I was lucky because so like some of the uh, context you can transfer. Some programmers uh, uh, also do the features, so then you can kind of transfer that knowledge. Um, but I was super lucky that I worked with Stranger in Paradise as one of my first features, which was the opening film of uh, the documentary festival in Amsterdam, Itva. Um, and uh, everybody wanted this film. So that played 100 festivals, uh, which is a lot for a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had a easy introduction with feature festivals because I had this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I compare it to other films that I have, most are like 20, 30 festivals, which is still quite good for a feature, um, which is interesting because like for the biggest shots that I have is like 150 to 230 festivals now. So it's uh, like, it's a completely different amount of selections that you get. Um, but so I, I had the luck that I had one year in which I built a lot of knowledge really quickly. Um, but I'm still like I'm sometimes kind of tired from myself that I, if I would just stick to short films at the moment, I would kind of know how it works and I wouldn't feel stressed all the time. Mm -hmm. But now I'm constantly discovering new stuff. So I'm discovering all the feature festivals. Now I'm doing the sales part. So I have to discover that. How do you talk to people? Uh, It's not like with short film festivals that you just submit and you can wait and you know that your film will be considered and you have a chance with features they program way earlier. So how do you talk to people to get on that list? And so it's, uh, yeah, I'm constantly uh, uh, figuring new stuff out. So it's, it wasn't completely from uh, that I had to start over, but it was kind of that I had to uh, start over and that I'm still figuring stuff out. Are you still working alone or like, or mostly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how can you yeah. manage to do both? I mean, like, since they are so different in a way. I mean, like, isn't it difficult to just 
Yeah, I work seven days a week. <laughs> okay. That's uh <laughs> that's an answer. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um yeah, I I mean now I know that I should hire somebody else, but I just did my finances and then I'm not necessarily then I really have to generate more income to be able to hire someone mm -hmm. else uh, because I also want to be able that somebody can really do this and earn money with it. I don't want that. It's this kind of like, I, I do think that it's, you can earn money with it. And I also think that it should be like that. And otherwise I shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. it. I think so. If I hire somebody, I want to be confident that I am also able to pay that. Uh, person yeah, yeah but definitely I mean, like that's yeah. that's important i guess yeah. i mean like yeah know. but then it's also like who will it be because it's like my company is me mm -hmm. uh, um so when people talk about my company they talk about me um and my taste and uh, so if i take somebody else on i also want somebody who kind of has a similar attitude has a similar character to me or at least um it works well together with me that I also feel like people will trust this person, uh, that I trust the taste, that I think that this person also will add something to the taste within my company. So that's also a difficult thing. Like I just moved, I'm now based in Vienna and I'm just thinking like, okay, like who do, who could I ask? Like I also would somebody that's actually in an office with me. So it's super difficult, uh, to find somebody that kind of adds up, uh, in that equation. But do you think you're, you will achieve that at a certain point? Or, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it, 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 it's a plan, you know. In a, in a, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's also a trust issue. Like, I've been always doing everything by myself. Uh, I had for a period somebody working with me. And then I noticed that I'm just too much in charge of everything because I do everything. Mm -hmm. um, that is also difficult to find somebody else because I don't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, um which makes my company work now because I have a super direct connection with filmmakers. I have a super direct connection with festivals, but it's not a, a healthy way of working for me because it's so much work. Uh, and especially now I also, I suddenly started watching features. Mm -hmm. So that's again, like a couple of hours per week that I'm, uh, add up on my pile of work. So it's, uh, I really need to find somebody else and I kind of just have to overcome this, fear of me of distrust issue or something uh yeah <laughs> okay i understand it's like being less a control freak probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a big part of it yeah <laughs> yeah but i totally understand i mean like it's uh of course you don't have to explain anything to anybody so it's like uh, yeah it, it's more immediate but uh but yeah, I mean, I, I was like really thinking about how how can you manage to to, to do both? Because I mean, like as I said, it's like totally two different words, as you explained very well. Um, and 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 still, it's a lot of work just doing the the the, the short film distribution. So yeah. on top yeah. of that, adding all these um, documentary and feature films uh, distribution, it's like well, a lot of work. But but I, I, for now, from what I've seen, it's 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 still it is going very well. I mean, like you, you've you've achieved uh, a, a lot again, even in in yeah. in the feature films and with the feature films and the documentaries, as you yeah. said. So, uh, um, yeah, it's a good yeah so far I'm happy. Yeah.
Oh, good. Um, okay, so um, we are adding towards the end of, uh, of a show. So okay. before that, uh, there is a question that I ask to everybody, and which is like a game, and it's kind of funny, to, for me at least, or for the <laughs> audience as well. And uh, the question, the big question is, who is Show Meme Corner? <laughs> uh no idea like i i don't know i've thought it could i think okay i at least think it's multiple people okay. i don't believe it's one person that's like the the thing that i'm most convinced about uh but besides that i kind of have no idea all the suspects that i had in mind all say it's not them mm-hmm. so we, i'm we, i'm just raising really big trust issues now with a lot of people who are uh, they yeah, yes, like uh, Mathieu from Go Short was a big suspect for me. Okay. Uh, and we lived together for a long time. So at one point we found ourselves standing in the kitchen looking at each other and both asking the question like, "Is are you the short meme corner? Or are you the... <laughs> uh, I, uh, Thomas from London Shorts, uh, I thought for a long time. Uh, Vanya uh, and Sigrid, I've thought uh, from Grimstad and Uppsala. So it's... Like a lot of people went through my head who could, uh, who it could be, but all say it isn't them. So okay. uh, I, I kind of gave up uh, thinking that I will ever figure it out. And I also hope that they just stop at one point and nobody will ever find out. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, is. like, this is, this is um, uh, well, you know, you are one of the names that, uh, that people think <laughs> about. It's like, yeah, it's Bauta. So uh, I can understand I, Mathieu asking you that. Yeah, <laughs> I should just go and run with it and say that it's me to people. Yeah, I mean, um, but um, yeah, but Mathieu told me in his interview that um, yeah, he too was uh, like wishing people stop thinking about who uh, or uh, he or she might be uh, yeah, yeah. behind uh, Shomin Corner, like to have this kind of mystery. While other people are really like freaking out about, I know I, don't, I really want to know who he yeah. or she is. So, um, but for this reason, like I'm asking everybody, but of course everybody's like playing this kind of game of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm pretty sure that I spoke to, or I will speak with Sean yeah. Corner during uh, uh, my chats. So, and some people are like pointing the finger at me, saying, "Oh, it's you." And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not that smart for being Sean <laughs> Corner actually. I think you're also busy enough. Yeah, to not do yeah, but also it's, it's it's not my kind of humor. Like I love it, but it I wouldn't be able to to make that kind of humor. And who yeah. knows me know that I'm like it's like yeah, yeah. no, it's not. Can't, I mean, it can't be me just because I I travel a lot or always used to travel a lot. So I would be too lazy for it. That's my biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a good point because you have to be committed yeah, to, yeah. to be Shomin Corner actually yeah. I'm yeah. not committed to anything like <laughs> I start meditation do it for a week and then I stop again I start sporting <laughs> do it for two weeks and then stop again so like Shomin Corner I wouldn't even be able to handle it's, it's too much for me yeah. So, you're committed only to distribution basically yeah 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 <laughs> seven <laughs> days a, good, a week good business card yeah. <laughs> okay well Thank you so much, Vauta. It was a pleasure having you here. And it was like a pity that we couldn't have this uh, recorded live because it was supposed to be Ingo short in Nijmegen. But, well, Corona, you know, stopped us. So, Uh. (laughs) yeah, we... 
we managed to do it on Skype and yeah, it was really nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we will see each other probably in like a year or something from now. I hope earlier, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. See you soon. Cool, thanks. Show Talk is a podcast by Talking Shorts, hosted, produced and edited by Enrico Vannucci, music by Imuna Cielli. 